Welcome to Painting Corners, your weekly podcast for all things baseball. Now, here are your hosts, Austin Hartsfield and Dave Kwiatkowski. Painting Corners is back. I'm back. Gabe's back. Most importantly, after a brief hiatus. I don't know. Brief. It was a couple yeah, months. Yeah, a little bit. It was a couple months. It felt like longer if you're hosting the show and you've done it for a year. By the way, happy anniversary, guys. It's hey, been a year. Happy anniversary. Glad to be back. What a day to be back just around the anniversary time. Thanks for holding down the fort, boys, while I was gone. We were definitely trying, man, because, like, it's been a whole year. Can you believe that? No, not really. I mean, I remember when we started it up, we, you know, left another podcast and we thought, you know, we'll start something up at the beginning of the 2019 season. And then we decided, well, there's a whole offseason playoff, so we might as well at least attempt it. And it's been pretty good since then. Yeah, it's, it's been pretty good. Like, we've got a lot of great guests. You know, we got even more guests coming. It's kind of opened a couple doors for us, and it's pretty exciting. We meet guys like Kyle, who we're probably going to be working with a whole lot more soon with underscore, Underground Sports Philadelphia. And honestly, just... Being able to talk to these people all the time is kind of crazy, and being able to talk about what we love and not have not being feared of being ridiculed, ridiculed or judged by it is kind of cool too. Yeah, I would say it's an open mic, and we don't. I mean, we don't really go for the hot takes. We don't have many. We have some, but that's not really our mo. We're kind of more based off facts than feelings, I yeah, guess. It's, yeah, it's smart. It's smart baseball takes like to an extent, right? But there's also a little emotion in it where like we're still humans we're not robots you know there's yeah. still a human element to this game yeah exactly like james paxton sucks and he had a better year <laughs> called that six months ago i was i was called crazy by some cut four guys who i think i have to tweet soon and oh, uh, ask them how they feel about that well well think about this right so we're gonna talk about the awards soon and i'm sure there's gonna be a little emotion coming out of me for that because one of the mvp candidates is not one of my favorite people in this world so <laughs> We'll touch on him briefly, but that's not why we're here. We're going to start by talking about these NL wildcard games. We're going to start with the NL, at least. You know, you got the Washington Nationals, who, Dave, I think you picked to win that division, but they still made the wildcard, which is was incredible. You know, losing your best player, uh, Juan Soto stepping up in his absence. But really, the story of the season has been that rotation. Like, what has to happen for the Nationals to win this week? Yeah, I think... I, I did pick them to win the division. I think they lost it by like three or four games. Um, their pitching just needs to pitch. Their hittings are going to hit. They have one of the best lineups in the NL. It's very underrated. They have Trey Turner, Soto, Robles, Rendon. I mean, the list goes on and on there. Even Kurt Suzuki can, you know, hit, you know, hit a little power here and there from the catcher position. They just need to pitch well. They need to have Scherzer show up and not have any back issues, not have any tightness, and not go five innings. Scherzer's either one or two guys. He's either going to go five innings, throw 100-something pitches, and he's going to labor. His back's going to hurt. He's going to be frustrated. Or he's going to go seven or eight innings, throw 100 pitches, be dialed in, and Milwaukee's never even going to get to use Hader because they're going to be down 3 nothing going into the eighth. Gabe, what is, who is the biggest X factor in this wild card game, do you think, coming in? Obviously, let's, let's go outside of the starting pitchers. Who has to step up for the Nationals to win this game? Uh... I mean, I was I, I was going to go with Scherzer. I think if Scherzer's not there, they're they don't have a chance really. But um, I mean, I guess I think everyone's got to show up. It's a one game playoff. 
not one guy is going to carry you to a, um, a win, I guess. I don't know. It's Dave, what do you think? I think one guy can actually carry two win. I think if Scherzer goes out there and gives you a quality start and then some, if he gives you seven or eight innings and gives up one or two runs, I mean, this lineup's going to hit. And Milwaukee, Woodruff, he's good in the playoffs. Austin and I were talking about it before, but I'm taking Max Scherzer over Woodruff in a you know straight up one game. And I think that Milwaukee's definitely hot coming into it. Obviously, they won like 17 of 19. But at the end of the day, there's no Christian Yelich. I don't know if Ryan Braun's going to do Ryan Braun things. And they have to go up against a very good pitcher. And not just him. The weak part of the Nationals has been their MO all year, even in the offseason. It's their bullpen. Their lineup's great. Their rotation's one of the best in baseball. But don't be surprised to see a, another starter come out of that bullpen if Scherzer has a quick night. If he goes four innings and it's in trouble, you could easily see Strasburg or Corbin come out of there, I think. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say the same. Yeah, I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's the bullpen. Like, the bullpen's going to have to show up. You're going to get Max Scherzer doing Max Scherzer things. That's just how this works. I mean, he goes out there and he just performs. I mean, if I told you that you have the opportunity to have one of the top three pitchers in baseball go out there for a one-game wild card, I think everybody in this call is taking that 100% of the time. Oh, 100%. I mean, you're going to take one of the best pitchers in baseball and just say, hey, win us one game. And it's in Washington, correct? In... Washington, yeah. Yeah, so you have the home field advantage with your, you know, one of the best pitchers of the generation out there. I mean, you got to think that Washington's favored in this game, especially with no Yelich, who obviously most likely would have won MVP, may still win MVP, you never know. But I think Washington takes this game, and I think it's close. I don't think it's a blowout. I think they're both kind of competing just to lose in the next round. But I think Washington takes this game, and I think it's going to be a close one, but I think it's going to be three to one Washington. Well, all right, so that's your game prediction for that one? That's the game prediction. That's the whole—I'm just wrapping up my side of the wild card there. Gotcha. So here's the problem with the Brewers for me, right? There's only one person in this lineup that's hit Max Scherzer extremely well, and there's a reason that he's the MVP, and that's Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich being absent is a huge, huge—you cannot understate what that means to this team— not, I understand that they've won games in the past. You know, they've won games since he got hurt, kind of turned it around. This is the playoffs. And, like, you need veterans to step up. You need guys to step up in big situations, whether it be somebody like Scherzer. You know, this is when you have to grow up as a Brewers team. This is when you have to step up. This is when you have to show the league who you are, and you're going to have to do it against one of the best pitchers of this generation. I just don't think that they can do it. I got the Nats and. I mean, I think it's something like pretty close to yours, Dave, to where it's 5-1 or 5-2. Dave, Gabe, what do you think? Thoughts? Uh, I, I agree with both of you, but I think it'll be like 6-5 uh, uh, Nats. I was listening to uh, MLB Network before I came on here, and the thing that I think that's going to um, decide the game is Craig Council's managing. I think he's managed this team perfect uh, this whole season, and, and especially the— yeah, these past like couple weeks, like it's he's on a different level, and they mentioned that um, Milwaukee's been playing a one-game playoff for the last month, and I really like that point. Council went to um, the GM, I think, like whenever Yelich got hurt, like a couple um, few days afterwards, and said, "I'm going to manage tonight's game like a one-game playoff game. It's all hands on deck." Um, I think the Brewers do have that to their favor um, as Council's managing, so. It'll definitely be interesting to see the chess match that Council plays. But I think 
Um, if Scherzer's dominant tonight, like I think he will be, I think Nats, uh, Nats win at six to five. You know, what's crazy about games like this is you, you mentioned it and I was going to mention it once we got to the AL, every single manager in this wild, in these wild cards has done a spectacular job. Like we were very critical of Davey Martinez last year of how he handled, you know, those lineups, those rotations last year. He's improved a significant amount this year. You know, if I told you to rank the four rank the four wildcard managers being Cash, Melvin, uh, Council, and Martinez, how do you kind of go down the line with that? Uh, I think as much as I don't like him, Kevin Cash is probably number one. Um, he just does more with less, so I think that is there. And I think the le- I think the American League kind of takes it one too. I think the A's the way they manage as well, they do less with more as well. I think Washington is kind of easy to manage, honestly. You have a great rotation, and your hitters are they're young, but they're doing it. Like, what are you going to do? It's like you got Rendon, you got Turner, you got Soto, you got Robles. You got all these kids that can hit. You got veterans. I mean, the, the rotation's easy. I think Milwaukee, like Consul said, has been doing so much one-game playoff stuff. As Gabe was saying, like, it's been a playoff run for the past month for them. They won 17 of their last 19 to get in, and they just missed out in the division, too, which— you know, could have been better. Obviously, they would have been playing Atlanta. But I think that it goes Tampa Bay, Oakland, Milwaukee, Washington, just because of what the AL does with way less of a roster. Uh, that's exactly my order, like verbatim. Uh, yeah, Dave, I have to agree. With, I have to agree with both of you guys. You know, the only thing is because I feel like Davey Martinez is the worst manager of the four. And it's not by his account. It's because his team is just so good. And like Dave said, that. They honestly don't really need managing. Like, what are you going to do? Go out there and pull, you know, Corbin, Strasburg, and uh, Scherzer, who have all had excellent years, and Corbin coming off big money when everybody kind of looked at it and was like, that doesn't really make sense. But when you get into a playoff series with this team, if they somehow, if they win this game, like I think we all three think that they're going to, staring down Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin is not something that I would look forward to. But again, like what Dave said, less is more, you know, doing more with less, at least when it comes to Cash and Melvin. It's Cash, Melvin, Council. And then I think there's a little bit of a gap. And then we go to Martinez there. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I think that Cash is just so far ahead of the game just because he learned from a guy that is out of a job, by the way. Uh, Joe Madden, you you hate to see (laughs) it. I was waiting on it. You hate (laughs) to see it. It really does. He just couldn't bring in enough bear cubs and stuff to actually get that you know that roster going i guess but there's actually a lot of good managers this year in the wild card round which usually you don't see where if you look at the non-wild card teams there's some managers that are have question marks and are kind of like up in the air as well because you have guys like i think there's one for sure (laughs) well there's there's aaron boone who i don't think is a very good manager and he's that team's strictly run on analytics and just closing your eyes and rolling it out and just hoping for the best. You have Rocco Baldelli, who is a hometown kid from where I live, basically. And it's his first year. And he's a division winner. But we don't know anything about him. So you don't Paul really know Mahler what's did happen. the same thing, though, and was fired the next year. Exactly. And then you have Atlanta, who last year everybody was just like, yeah, this is their time. They got in. They're like, it's not going to go too well, but we'll see. But this year... They're kind of expected to go kind of far. I, I think that they're expected to beat the Cardinals at this point between Acuna and they got Keuchel, who was starting game one. 
as well, of we're, about we're gonna get ago. to them in a second because i want to hop to the al real quick so we can discuss that because i have kind of thoughts on acuna and how healthy he really is and whether they're kind of downplaying the seriousness of this yeah go ahead but let's hop, let's go ahead and hop to the al i mean We've already talked about it enough at this point. Two managers that have done so much, two front offices that have done so much with so little and have put together teams. Like, when it, whenever it happened, whenever we heard about the Charlie Morton to Tampa Bay, we knew exactly how this was going to play out. We knew that he would be a dominant force. We knew that he would be an absolute just wreck to the rest of the AL East. And honestly, the league, I mean, he took what he learned in Houston in that World Series run that he was really good in, by the way. Uh, took what he learned from that run, that team, those analytics, and applied it to Tampa Bay. And you can t- you can definitely tell that, you know, between the Tampa change and, you know, Morton's knowledge that he's basically made that pitching rotation and bullpen elite single-handedly. Oh, it's 100%. Incredible. It's not even close. I mean, the AL earn run average leaders, Garrett Cole, 2.5, Justin Verlander, 2.58, Charlie Morton, 3.05. Two of them played for Houston. One of them played for Houston Granky's last at like year. like 10, too. Yeah, you got Granky in there. And then you also got Wade Miley, who had a very Ooh. good year to the disappointment of Red Sox fans who had to deal with Rick Porcello this year, kind of the polar right. opposite, and a guy that we got rid of at that point. This, this Tampa Bay team is going to murder this Oakland team. And I, why I they think gonna, so, too. And why are they going to murder this Oakland team? Not only is Oakland going to struggle with runs, but you look at some of their big hitters from last year, and Olsen and Chapman stepped up. But you look at a guy like Chris Davis, who had a bad year in, in flat out pretty much every category for him. Not a good year at all, especially from the average side. He always bats 247. He couldn't even get it up to the 240s this year. He didn't hit 45 bombs this year. I don't think Oakland has the depth in the lineup this year. And they're going to need Manaya to pitch out of his mind and pitch seven innings and give up you know, three or less to even be in this. Because I don't think Morton's going to give up many runs. But Morton might not pitch more than five innings. If Morton's, you know, cruising through, sure. But if Morton's through five or six innings with like 100 pitches, they're going to take him out and they're going to put in, I mean, who are going to put in? Yarborough. They, got, they have so many openers that they're just going to fill in. They're going to play this game with maybe nine pitchers. And it's a good thing for Tampa because that's the way that team is built. And Oakland's kind of similar where they have some, they do have some good bullpen guys. But even a guy like Trying from last year, he killed it last year. Did not have the same year this year. I think Oakland had a really good year, but if there was 10 more games left in the season, I think Cleveland's in the spot and not Oakland because I think Oakland was going to start to fade a little bit. I'm taking Tampa in this game for pretty much all those reasons and Charlie Morton highlighting it. Yeah, Gabe, are you thinking the same thing here? I'm actually picking the Rays or uh, A's to win this game. I think Nia will just be lights out tomorrow night, and I just don't think the Rays' bats will get hot enough. I think it'll be very, very close. I think it'll... Kind of be like the Cubs Rockies game last year. Um, right. I think it'll come down to the wire, extra innings. But I mean, I I don't know. I I think the A's are kind of the underdog. I know they're they're at home, right? It's at yes. It's in Oakland. Oakland Oakland's at home, so they definitely get yeah. the bump there. Yeah. So I mean, it could go either. But is way, that home? Is it, really? is it home? Is it? Yeah. It, it's one of those things where it's gonna help both teams because it's the opposite of Yankee Stadium where it's kind of hard to hit home runs there. Yeah, the only the only thing is like is the travel for the Rays. I mean, you're going across multiple time zones. So we got to throw that in there. My big thing with Shamanai is Shamanai has looked great since he came back, right? You yeah, know, he's been if on you fire. if you look at the numbers just 
you know, bare base. He had two games against Texas, who has been out of it for months now. He had a game against Detroit, a game against Seattle, and pitched very well in his first game against the Yankees. That's the only challenge that he's faced this entire time back. So I'm having a really hard time convincing myself that I would rather have Sean Manaya over Charlie Morton in this spot. And, you know, to the to the A's credit, we haven't mentioned his name yet. Mark Simeon is an MVP candidate. He's a top five MVP candidate this year. You know, he's made the jump. He's done everything that that team's asked him, asked him to do. And if we're talking value outside of Mike Trout, he might be the most valuable player in the in the AL. Because, you know, Alex Bregman, we can t- – I don't even want to start. Mookie Al- Betts. Alex Bregman, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, that's a, Marcus Emion's very good. He made the jump, and the hitting is what made him make that jump. He was always a good defensive player. But I think Bregman's more valuable. I think Mookie Betts is more valuable. But I think Simeon made that step up, and he's going to be a big component if the A's want to make a run. He's going to have to go two for four, you know, or one for four at the home run. He's going to have to make a big impact, along with Chapman and Olsen, who I think they almost had identical stats this year, including the identical home run. So they've been really good. But I, I agree with you there, Austin, where it's just like Shaman I really has to carry this team right now or they're in trouble. He's got no playoff experience either. So this is, you know, it's kind of dipping your toe in the water when it comes to him. He was expected to pitch last year and the, and the A's went with an opener because he had the Tommy John surgery at that point. But, I mean, the only person in this lineup that has had success off Charlie Morton in the past is Marcus Simeon. Simeon is going to have to do something. You're right. He's going to have to go two for four. He's probably going to have to have a couple doubles. Because other than that, Jerkson Propar is the only person on this A's team that has hit a homer off of Charlie Morton. Mind you, a lot of these are small sample sizes. Most of them have around six to five to six at bats. But Chris Davis has been shut down. Matt Chapman has been shut down. Charlie Morton has done really well, and these are guys that he's very familiar with, you know, going back to his time in Houston. And, I mean... I just don't see a way that Oakland wins this game, and I'm willing to bite my tongue if that happens. But if I told you that you, again, let's go back to the ranking system. Let's rank the starting pitchers for these teams in the wild card. I mean, because I'm sitting at probably Scherzer, Morton, Woodruff, Manaya. I would switch Woodruff and Manaya. I think Manaya is yeah. better than Woodruff even right now. But everything else I agree with. I think Scherzer is obviously the best. Morton's is so good, and... If Manaya was almost 100% healthy Morton. and stretched out, then like maybe Manaya's better than Morton, but not this year anyway. Woodruff's good, but I mean, is Woodruff an elite pitcher? Probably not. Well, no, but he also has playoff experience, which he does, I think and that's we all big. know that that's that's actually a pretty big deal. No, definitely a big deal. But just like everybody else, you know, Charlie Morton, Max Scherzer, they didn't have David Ortiz, Pedro Martinez. You don't start out with playoff experience, right? You do have to, you know, learn it at some point. So this could be Manaya's coming out party. He could come out and kind of pull a Freeland from a couple of years ago and just dominate. Yeah, I was about to say, maybe he's Kyle Freeland. Yeah, and Lester was kind of the same thing. It was like, hey, this guy's like a 4-5 ERA, a 4-4. Is he really our guy? And then he carried the Red Sox to a World Series, and it kind of carried the Cubs too. So you learn it as you go, and, and we'll definitely see some guys that come out. But, you know, a guy like Marcus Simeon, as good as he's been this year, he could just suck it up in the playoffs. He could go over 4 at 2Ks, and, and the moment might just be too big for him. So – you never know. I think it's a tough matchup. I think it's a tougher matchup in the AL just because of how good the pitching's been on both sides. Tampa Bay's pretty much been the best pitching team in the AL, and Oakland's been right there with them. I mean, their team ERA is under four, and besides Cleveland and Houston, not many teams better than Oakland pitching. 
Yeah, I mean, and we're basically the walking embodiment of the Austin Meadows fan club. What a year for the kid. He's only going to get better. I mean, just it's awesome to watch a guy like that succeed when you know he has so much talent. And it's it's just awesome, man. Yeah, he really is. I love Austin Meadows. That will go down as one of the worst trades in the history for Pittsburgh. Glasnow pumps 100. and Shane Baz Baz is making scouts drool right now with his pitch selections. And he was the extra guy. It was like, yeah, yeah I guess he was we'll the seventh one, back, yes. which is crazy. Austin Meadows, unbelievable player, a good guy too. I had a friend that was drafted with him, and he was very generous with his money, and he always wanted to hang out, and was always just—I mean, my buddy was drafted in the 18th round versus Meadows, a first-round pick, and I still remember Meadows going into his dorm, his you know kind of dorm room setup down there in Bradenton for spring training, and seeing my buddy play Rocket League, and he's like, this game's sick. And he's like, let's go get it. And he just got in his truck, his F-150 or 250, drove to Best Buy, bought a 16-inch TV, bought a PlayStation 4, bought extra controllers for everybody, went back to his room, set that shit up, and just played, like, every day with everybody. And just, you know, he wasn't, his head wasn't above the clouds. He was really down to earth. And I'm sure he's still like that now, and he seems it. And he's fitting in so well with the race team that is just perfect scouting and appreciates players a little more than, teams like Pittsburgh per se yeah they appreciate more than what like you're presented to on the surface you know they dive a little deeper they you know they look at individual things and it's that organization is just incredible and it's awful that they're in the AL East because it is brutal to watch yeah we just need three years to come by so everyone wants to get paid and Tampa doesn't pay because they're cheap and we'll be okay yeah yeah all right so let's go ahead and hop back to the NL real quick we're playing a little ping pong here if I would have told you last year around this time, game one starter for the Atlanta Braves is Dallas Keuchel, we would have been like, yeah, yeah. And then if I would have told you what day that he signed, I think that would be the little confusion. You know, what does a guy like Dallas Keuchel bring to the table for this Atlanta Braves team, Gabe? I mean, like you said, it. like we were scratching our heads, uh, you know, all offseason waiting for him to waiting for him to sign and. Eventually he did, and I was I was of the opinion that um, because of his late signing that he was going to be rusty, and that uh, he, he since he started late that he wouldn't be able to catch up um, to the rest of the guys. But he's actually done um, the opposite. Um, you know what do I know? I think if he shows up um, against, um, I mean in game one, I think that'll get the momentum going, and St. Louis won't even uh, you know stand a chance. Dave, what do you think? Um, I, I agree. If he can get going, that would be great. St. Louis is going to you know, definitely struggle if he does. I, you know, Gabe, don't sell yourself short. You were right. He had a terrible start to the year. His first yeah, couple like, starts were not good. Yeah, it's kind of knocking off the rust, though. I mean, he got roughed up in Gwinnett yeah, a little exactly. bit. I mean, he'll be fine. It's just I don't think he's going to go very deep in this game. And I think that's the only thing that worries me a little bit with them is that first game if he pitches deep and they can win game one I think Atlanta will win the series and and I and I do have Atlanta winning that series I think that lineup is really good I think they did address the starting pitching issue their bullpen is still very suspect which is why they need some of their starters to go a little deep like they can't be going four or five innings now they need to go six or seven and Keiko doesn't set the tone St. Louis weird year again with them you had guys like Carpenter and Goldschmidt, who everyone thought was going to light the world on fire, Carpenter didn't. 
it took Goldschmidt a while, and it kind of came in bunches with Goldie. I think he had like eight home runs in 11 games this year at one point. And Yachty's Yachty. He missed a bunch of time. So the Cardinals are a weird team. Jack Flaherty had a huge second half of the year, like Jake Arrieta-esque from his Cy Young year a couple years ago, like 2015, I think it was now, with the Cubs. So if he can continue that going, along with those other pitchers moving it along, the Cardinals can stand a chance. I just think that it's tough to keep that going, along with Atlanta having home field and Atlanta having that playoff experience from last year. Losses do help teams figure it out. And I think when you get knocked down, you got to get back up. And the response from Atlanta this year has been, you know, I think more than expected. If you're the Atlanta Braves, you have to wrap this series up quick. Yeah, you don't want to face you don't want to have yeah. to face Jack Flaherty twice. Nope, not right now. Not the way one he's of the, pitching. Yeah, one of the best. He probably had the best second half in baseball of anybody of any pitcher. I mean, oh, we he throw did. Jake Degrom in there too. Uh, you know, just absolutely lighting the world on fire with you know jump, bumping up the slider uses a little bit and just absolutely just dominating hitters. Uh, he had like under is, a one ERA, didn't he? In the second yeah. half. I mean that's that's just ridiculous. He's just he's just on a stretch to where he's nearly untouchable. And if the Braves if this series goes more than four games, the Braves are not going to win because you cannot. I don't think you can beat Jack Flaherty twice. No, if it goes five, I don't think they win. To put it in perspective, Jack Flaherty had a two seven five ERA for the year. Jesus. And that's really and good. Struggled mightily to begin the year, by the way. Everybody was questioning whether he maybe he should go back down to AAA for a little bit. It was the Cody Bellinger syndrome from last year, to where no, he got hot in the second half and just turned it around for everybody. Yeah, considering I had him in fantasy and he did not help me at the beginning. <laughs> I mean, his ERA by months. You guys ready for this? Yeah. March 8, April 3.3, May 3.45, June 7. July 2.48, August 0.71, September 0.82, last 30 days 0.82, pre-All-Star break a 4.64, post-All-Star break he had a 0.91 ERA. God damn. Average against them 142. In 99 innings he gave up 10 earned runs and five of them were home runs. So it was just the long ball that got him on those times. 124 strikeouts in 99 innings to 23 walks. The guy's been on absolute fire. If it goes five, the Cardinals win. If it's anything other than five, I'm taking Atlanta. But Jack Flaherty is scary. I think the series goes five. I'm going to take the Cardinals. I think I think it'll go six at the most, and the Braves it's five win. game set, so it's a little. Oh uh, God, I keep on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Division series is a little weird. I, it is. It is such a shit. I always rule. forget. So yeah, it really is. If anything, if they want to do that, they should make the wild card three, the ALDS five, the ALCS seven, and the World Series seven. At least had some consistency because yeah, you jump from one to five to seven. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's a little weird, weird because you have to. It kind of exposes managers a little bit because you really have to manage when it comes to one game playoffs and five games. Like really have to manage. Like every game is basically a winner go home because you're three losses away from going home. Yeah, you are. That's the thing, true. the thing I wanted, I forgot to mention was uh, the thing I'm kind of looking forward to if the Braves do advance is Keiko versus uh, the Dodgers because Keiko has like I haven't looked at the numbers um, today, but I think his splits against left-handed hitters are just absurd, and I think if um, him against like Bellinger and Muncie and those guys, that'll be pretty interesting to watch. So if if Keiko can get you know, going in the um, postseason early, I think 
he'll he'll be a, a major key for the Braves. How sure are we that Ronald Acuna Jr. is 100% healthy? We're not. I'm about 50-50. He's banged I, up for I sure. I would have liked to have seen him play at least a couple of the games leading into the playoffs. Because, it's, because you can't simulate live action. You really can't. And especially in a playoff atmosphere like that, to where you need to be on point at all times, I'm not sure that he's 100% ready at this point. No. Okay. I mean, he's probably... I mean, in an ideal world, he'd be sitting out if this was week three of the season. But it's not, of course. It's it's time for the playoffs. So I don't think he's 100% healthy, but that doesn't mean he can't be effective. I look back at Shane Victorino in 2013. Switch hitter, was hurt, could not bat from the left side of the bat. I think he batted like 300 in the World Series, right? Like, because he just went to the right side. Yeah, I, think Acuna, I, think, I don't think Acuna is going to be stealing a ton of bags or making a ton of diving plays in the outfield. But I think he's going to put the bat on the ball and put himself in good position. He might not be legging out triples, and he might take a few extra singles, but I think he's going to help this team more than he would hurt it. But does that make him a liability in the field, though, if he's not 100%? It's the National League. So I feel like, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but just thinking about it, I when I think of like gold glovers, I think the American League has better fielders than the National League. And, and that, that just might be Oh, yeah, the AL East by itself is ridiculous. Yeah. I just think of the AL East alone, and then I think of guys like Mike Trout as well that are in the AL, and I'm like, huh. And then like Buxton and all those guys. So I don't value defense as much in there, especially the outfield, because of just you think of the bigger bats in the outfield. Besides Washington, you know, they have a really athletic outfield, but even they make some errors sometimes. So I don't think it's going to hurt him too much out there. And if the starting pitching can keep the ball in the ballpark, then you don't really have to worry about that too much. Yeah, Gabe, I got your left-handed pitching splits up. Yeah, I just pulled and them up as well. They're ridiculous. They are ridiculous. I thought so. I thought Keiko's. I think in his ground ball rate against lefties is um like seventy percent. Um, like yeah, because that's what he does best. He puts the ball, he puts the ball on the ground, and keeps it in the and park. That, and if the Braves can advance, I would love to see that against the Dodgers and see how the Dodgers handle that. Um, yeah, because you neutralize what the Dodgers do best. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. So if the Braves can advance, I think the Braves Dodgers series will be pretty interesting. That's for next week. Just yeah, in case not, some of our predictions not. are wrong. <laughs> uh, but let's go ahead. I mean, kind of let's run by one more time what exactly we have in this division series. In this division series, this particular one at least, uh, I have Cardinals in five. I got. Atlanta in four, just because if they go five, the Cardinals are going to win. Is Gabe, what you think? Atlanta in four. Now that I know the uh, um, okay, number cool. of games. Well, now that I know the number of games that has played. Uh, that's, <laughs> now that you know what baseball is all about. Yeah. Minor detail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah now, now that I know how many games are in the uh, NLDS, I think you know uh, I'm, I'm ahead of it. But, yeah, I got Braves in four. All right, so let's go ahead and hop down uh, to the other one. I mean, yeah, whoever whoever wins this wild card game is just going to get mowed over, right? In in the NL, if we're talking about that, when you're considering Dodgers and whoever plays the wild card team, or whoever the wild card yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, you can kind of just move along there and not the even Nats, worry about it. The Nats Dodgers match up better. Yes, they do. Because the I mean, one, two, three. When you go at that point, it'll probably be Strasburg, Corbin, and then Scherzer because Scherzer obviously pitching the wild card game, but. That's a ter- that's a terrifying trio if you're the if they're the Dodgers. Oh, 100%. If the Dodgers don't at least make it to the World Series, do they blow it up this year? 
That's a good question. Because I would not mind if they lose to Washington or they lose to the Brewers and they fire Dave Roberts and they trade away some guys. And then all of a sudden Magic Johnson says, you know what? I would love to have Mookie Betts. I would love to have Mookie Betts over here and trades the farm for him. Derek May, Verdugo, you name it. Dustin May and Verdugo and Gavin Lux, like they obviously all wouldn't go. One of those would be one of the pieces in there, and then we would kind of go down from there. Probably a guy like Jeter Downs, but I mean that's it's, it's definitely a possibility. I think that they're going to wind up probably being the Buffalo Bills of baseball. Yep, and I agree. Probably going to the World Series again and meeting that Houston team for a second time and getting just absolutely mowed over because nobody's. I mean, we'll get there in a second, but nobody's going to beat this Astros team. They're going to beat themselves. That's the only way to do it. But like you said, we'll get there in a second. Well, let's wrap. Let's not even get into it too much. Who do you think would win that against the wild card? Do the do, do any of those teams stand a chance? I think Washington does, but in Washington reality, stands a chance. I think it's a four or five game series if it's Washington. I think it's three if it's Milwaukee. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I it, agree with you guys. Yeah, I. I mean, if I think in a one game playoff. Milwaukee stands a chance against national the Nationals, but without Yelich, I mean, I think the Nationals match up better um, with their pitching um, against the Dodgers. So, yeah, I, I'd take the uh, Nationals. So, real quick, let's, if Austin doesn't mind, jump on over to the AL one more time here. Let's rock and roll. This series will be four games at most. Would not be surprised if it's a three-game set. Because the Minnesota Twins cannot beat the New York Yankees. And I'm going to keep saying it until they can prove me wrong. It's kind of like Red Sox-Yankees back in the day. I would love to be proven wrong. I would love to be proven wrong for lots of reasons. A, because I don't like the Yankees. B, because I actually like this Twins team and go Rocco Baldelli. And C, it would be nice to see a team that has been there so often but can't finally get over the hump. And the Twins have the team to do it this year. Their bullpen's actually good now, or at least like better than average, right? Right. With, you know, Rodgers and, and Trevor May out there, at least they're better than average. The starting pitching has gotten better, but the lineup, that lineup is good. They're playing in New York multiple games, which helps them out because they can mash just as good, if not better than the Yankees. But the Yankees just have their number. The Yankees don't have the starting pitching depth to make it to the World Series this year and win it, I don't think. Even if they well, there's a big roadblock in their way. There's a huge roadblock in the way in Houston. But the twin, I think the Yankees win this in four because I'll give I'll give the Twins a win. But if the Yankees get off to a game one loss with Severino, I would not be surprised if the Twins took it in five. Only because who are you going to throw after that? Game one sets the tone. CC's a corpse. People, you know, like our friend Chris Saunders and other Yankees fans are like Tanaka's proven throw him in game one. I don't want Tanaka in game one because if he loses, who's coming to the rescue? At least if Severino starts game one and he gets blown up, or they just lose a tight game, say they lose a two to one, Severino pitches great. At least you have Tanaka, your savior, at home to try and reel you back in. But if Tanaka loses game one and the momentum shifts with the twins and they know they can get back home, they're playing for they're playing with house money at that point. They're gonna try and take one from Tanaka. They could go down two nothing quick. I, I do think the Yankees win this series in four, but Talking it out, the Twins have a shot, right? Yeah, I mean, they absolutely have a shot. It's it's just one of those things. I mean, if we're talking about these playoff teams, right, and we're talking about what's important to them, Dodgers lead the league 
in bullpen ERA. Number two is Tampa. Number three is Houston. Number five is St. Louis, actually. Just naming all playoff teams, obviously. Oakland is six. Minnesota is nine. Atlanta is 10. Washington is 13. The New York Yankees, with that gauntlet that they have, obviously now minus Patances because of the injury, is sitting at 14 with a 4-3-1. Almost a full point worse than the Dodgers. For something for a team that is built for the playoffs like they like they like to say that they are, why isn't this bullpen better? It's a good question. And to be honest with you, the Red Sox and Yankees had a very similar pitching year, even though people don't like to admit it. The Sox problem was injuries and walks, but the advanced numbers are really close. I mean ERA-wise, is a .4 difference, which is pretty substantial in the bullpen, obviously. Saves, 50 to 33. Innings, the Red Sox had more. Quality starts, the Red Sox had more. Batting average against, the Red Sox have 2.51. The Yankees have 2.48. Strikeouts, the Red Sox have more. Walks, the Red Sox have 100 more, and that's where the Yankees really help out. The point of me bringing up the Red Sox is that Everybody in the national media this year were pinning the Red Sox bullpen for how bad it was, how terrible it is. If the Red Sox had a bullpen, they would have made the playoffs. They could have won the World Series again. That's not the case at all. It was more starting pitching than bullpen. But the Yankees, everyone's been saying how good it is. It can keep up with anybody in the game. It can keep up with this and that. Look at all the big horses. They haven't been good this year. They really haven't. And they lost Patances. So now you have Chapman, who's known to get gassed out and isn't the best against good teams. You have Britain, who's starting to turn around. And Adovino has been good this year, but he hasn't been what he was in the last couple of years. This Yankee bullpen could easily blow it. And to, when you start comparing it, like you just did Austin there, with uh, against playoff teams, and even against non-playoff teams like the Red Sox, like I was just saying, it doesn't make you feel good as a Yankee fan. It, it can't make you feel good as a Yankee fan. No, I can't. I mean, this the funny thing is this matchup right here is be- between the two highest scoring offenses in baseball. I mean, Yankees averaging 5.82 runs per game, and then Minnesota seeing it 5.80. I mean, this is going to be a slugfest. That's plain and simple. That is apparent. There are three games going to be played at Yankee Stadium, three, two games going to be played at Target Field. It's whoever takes home field first. First team to win on the road, I think, wins this series. An interesting thing, I think, uh, I think to point out is uh, the Twins are the best road team in baseball. Uh I think they had 55 wins uh, on the road. That's that's up there with like the best road teams ever. So if the Twins can play well on the road at Yankee Stadium and just continue to mash like they have been, I think I think uh, the Twins have a chance. If the Yankees starters don't get don't go deep, and then you have to rely on the um, Yankees bullpen, and they and if they don't do well, I think you know the Twins uh, have this series. But I. If we're taking picks, I think Yankees and four. This the more that we talk about this, the more I'm like talking myself into the Twins. But I'm still yeah. going to take the Yankees. I'm still going to take the Yankees in four, like Gabe just said. I mean, it's it's just one of those things to where that lineup, you know, all that has to happen is the the rotation has to step up, and I think that they actually do. I here's think. A, uh, oh, what's up, Austin? I, here's a quick question I want to ask you guys both. How many home runs are hit in this series? God dang. At least one a game. Oh, I was going to say at least two a game. I, yeah, I so was going to go two a game. All right. So, so over under 10. Oh, man. I think I that like that's a, a, very you know what's crazy? Number. 
It could be like the it could be like the Yankee Astro game from a couple of years ago, where there's four or five in one game just because of the atmosphere and where they're playing. Yeah, I'm going over ten. I'm yeah, I'd go over ten. Well. Yeah, I think I if agree. we set it at fifteen, we would have to like think about it. Fifteen, I'd probably take the under just because the yeah, I was thinking yeah, like at, twelve, thirteen. Yeah, at most, I agree with you guys. I think it's Yankees in four, but. Only because the Twins haven't. If it was a different team than the name Minnesota Twins, I would take the other team. If it was Oakland, Boston, Tampa Bay, uh, Cleveland, I would take them every time. One more tidbit about the Yankees bullpen. Blown saves this year. The Red Sox and Oakland led the league with 31. The Yankees were fourth with 28. Minnesota was ninth with 22. So, I mean, just something to think about. Yeah, well, the saves is a stupid stat. We've already come to terms with that. No, saves are stupid, but blown saves. Yeah, no, you're right. Blown saves right. means that you're giving up runs, whether it means that you're giving up a ton or not. But Giving up runs late, too. You're giving up runs late, and for teams that have built their bullpens to last, that's not a good stat. Oakland built their bullpen to last. The Yankees built their bullpen to last. Tampa Bay built their bullpen to last. But Tampa Bay is one of those teams that has so many like closers that it doesn't even matter. But Kansas City, who has struggled with their bullpen in recent years, ninth in the league in blown saves, only two above Houston. Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. So they're ninth in the league with 22. Houston at 20. A really good year for Minnesota, especially for them. This team, I'm not gonna, let's not let's not doubt this team. This team won 101 games. That's like, what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not gonna say like like you know Yankees are gonna roll over in yeah. three, but I'm not gonna take the Twins either. But the more you talk about it, it actually might be worth it to watch a couple of these games. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's playoff baseball, so that alone. But just the fact that. There's two teams, the biggest slugfest. I'm sure the MLB is kind of drooling over this one, knowing the amount of bombs that are going to be hit. Oh, Nelson Cruz is going to try and hit 50 home runs in, oh, yeah. in this series. He's going to close his eyes and swing, and there's really nothing wrong with that. Speaking of him, what a great year for the 40-year-old. What a great year. All right, Gabe, you're the only one that picked the A's. Give me a situation where the A's have a chance against the Astros. <laughs> there is. Is there one? one. <laughs> talk it out, <laughs> one. Let's talk it out. It's just, I mean— the only way that there's even a chance is if the A's or the Astros starters just completely wet the bed and the lineup. I I don't see any way that the Astros don't go to the ALCS. Yeah, I don't I don't think there is either. They're just I mean, that good. Yeah, they are. They're built they're built for the playoffs. They're built to win. They have two Cy Young candidates. They have another in the top ten in ERA. You know, Wade Miley, despite what Astros fans seem to hate, has been okay. Uh, uh, guy that I saw great. in Cor- Corpus, Jose Urquidy, has been phenomenal as of late. I mean, this team is going to be good. I mean, this team is going to mow over, I think, everybody in the AL, if we're being honest. And I just I just don't—I can't find a, a situation where they actually— beat the yeah beat the yeah i can't find a situation where the a's beat the astros i don't have the a's in there anyway but i don't think that the i don't think that the uh, rays can beat them either for being honest no one's gonna beat the astros if it, the astros beat themselves right and that means that their pitchers just are off or their hitters are just off i don't think tampa bay is gonna roll out and i think tampa is gonna go to go go to houston and, and maybe win a game but Charlie Morton in that bullpen five games in a row is going to shut down that whole lineup. I just don't see on that. a team that he came from that they have so much data on him. And he's not like, going to play game one. 
So you're already down one Charlie Morton start. Yeah, you'll probably start Snell there, though. You'll start Snell there, absolutely, who is coming off an injury. So you never know, right? He has to get restretched out, all that nonsense. Snell against Verlander. And then Cole against either Charlie Morton on the road or an opener, right? Probably Uh, an opener. Probably an opener and then Charlie Morton at home. That makes sense. They're going to have to open three starts or at least two more starts because then you get Snell another time. But if they want to get Snell in short rest coming off injury, I don't think so. So you're going to get a Morton start, a short Morton start, a Snell start, and a couple openers against this Houston team. I think if it was any other team in the AL, I would pick them. I think if it was the Yankees, I think they'd pick them apart. I think if it was Minnesota, they would do really well. I think they're going to beat Oakland. It's just Houston that really stands in the way. I think they could beat the Dodgers, honestly. It would be tough in a seven-game series. But well, game game two would probably wind up being Glasnow. Maybe Glasnow versus... Probably going to Torino's as maybe a bullpen option. And then you obviously have a guy like Brendan McKay who's spectacular. He just needs to kind of put everything together a little bit. Next year he'll be even better. But yeah. the problem with Torino's is he missed so much time with that blister. Yeah. So you worry about that. And you worry about the atmosphere and everything else. It's going to be tough. The, this, this Tampa Bay team's very good. It just sucks that the AL is that much better. The AL is so much better than the NL in every aspect because you can't Houston, New York, Minnesota, Tampa, and the A's. You have 300 win teams in there. All those teams are better than every single team in the National League minus the Dodgers. And maybe I think Washington's better than uh, Minnesota. That's just a me thing. Yeah, that is a you thing. Because I, I just I, well, I just think Washington's those three starters in a five game set or seven game like if it was Washington Twins in the World Series who are you taking? Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying there. It's yeah, like, you know I mean? and it comes down to if we take Houston out of the equation, there's not a better one, two, three in the in the playoffs. No, when it no, comes to Washington, no, no way, no shot, absolutely not, no shot. So I mean, you probably go. I mean, the Rays probably roll out Blake Snell, Tyler Glasnow, and then probably go back to Morton, which. I'm pretty I'm pretty cool with that. They're not going to beat the Astros. They're just going to have to do their best to kind of wear them down. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to go out and say Houston in four. You think? Yeah, yeah. That's, just, that yeah. sounds about right. Just because we talked about playoff experience, Glasnow, Chirinos, yeah, no, Snell, right. they don't really have it. Morton does. He'll get a win there. Maybe they get another one and make it to five. You know what I the think the crazy Houston, thing is this team and that Braves team are eerily similar in many ways. They are. If the Braves had better pitching, it'd almost be identical. Yeah. They just like don't you have, have a starter. You have a veteran leader in there. You have, I mean, obviously, I mean, they both have a Cy Young winner. One of those just happens to be the veteran leader on that particular team in, in uh, Atlanta. But I mean, I have Astros in four. I'm going to give Tampa at least one game. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. That Plus, it helps TV ratings. Let's be real yeah, here. And they're not going to lose. Oh, hand up real quick before we get to Gabe on mm-hmm. on his take. Man, was I wrong about Josh Donaldson. I said he was done. Yeah, he couldn't throw year, the first base. And he couldn't right. throw the first base, and he's going to hit maybe 30 home runs, but bat like 210. That wasn't the case. He batted like 270, and he almost hit 40 home runs. So good yeah, for Josh Donaldson. Yeah, you nailed Donaldson. Pete Alonso, so that kind of, you know, kind of balances it out. I did nail Pete Alonso. I should have put money on it at plus 2,000 to win Rookie of the Year. Ridiculous. Along with, along with Erod being better than Paxton. Oh, and, and Sonny Gray having a bounce back here, and the Reds getting close. I think to we knew that that was going to happen. I think we both kind of agreed on that one, him yeah, reuniting yeah, we, with his Vanderbilt pitching coach. 100%. And just being in a small market, he plays better in small markets. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah, 
nobody wants to pitch in that ballpark in New York either. Gabe, nope. what you got? How many games? And I, I mean, who's the X factor? <laughs> I'm just gonna echo uh, what you guys have said. Astros win every game except the Morton start, and uh, I, I don't really see it. I mean, I guess it could go five, but I just don't th- see how um, the Rays could um, take down uh, the Astros in five games. You know what's, you know what the craziest thing is. If Carlos Correa is 75% healthy, right, this team is unstoppable. Yeah. Like, yeah, it takes, it takes like a, a Red Sox team from last year that was perfect to win. Yep. Because they're, they're just unstoppable. I mean, when you go out there and you roll out potentially, potentially probably two Cy Young winners, I think, Green, does Grinky have one? I think Grinky has one. So it might be three Cy yeah, Young winners. I think so. Uh, if Cole winds up getting his this year, if not, I mean, three guys that have finished top two in the in the finalists multiple times at this point. I mean, Carlos Correa allowing Alex Bregman go, to go back to third base, you know, adding another bat into that lineup. But he has to be good in order for them to dominate. He doesn't have to be great, though, in order for them to win. That's the biggest X factor is just kind of shortens the games a little bit. That's the scary thing for Houston. And it was the same thing with uh, Houston in 2017 and the Red Sox last year. Their stars don't have to be amazing. They just everybody has to just be average. Because if you look at last year, Mookie, Mookie Betts was, bad was not good. Playoffs. But look at guys that stepped up like Moreland, Pierce, and JBJ. You look at 22017 and Bregman stepped up, but he wasn't the guy all year that year. You know what I mean? Bregman had Morton a huge series up. against the Red Sox, and Marlon Gonzalez had a huge playoff, and he got paid because of it uh, this year. This team is so stacked that they don't need their stars to do that. And that's good pressure. And if this does go five with Houston and Tampa, run that back really quick. I pray that Houston loses because if they don't, they're going to be so mad that it went five. They're going to mow down the rest of the way. Without a doubt. They're going to be so pissed off. Verlander's going to go in there and freak out in that bullpen, in that dugout, and have an yeah, absolute episode like Chris Sale if it goes five. Ridiculous. Yep. It will, and, and then Houston will go on a run and, and dominate. All right, so we've already kind of given our predictions. I think we all think that the Astros are going to win the AL. And we'll obviously talk about that next week whenever we actually have the entire, you know, the actual matchups and not just, you know, hypothetical. Yeah. 